Greetings and welcome back to another on our ongoing series of Shurim and Dafyomi. My name is Yitzchak at Shalom, and today we have a relatively, a, an extremely unique uh, opportunity, and that is we're going to podcast an entire parak, parak shishi of Masachat Sota, is uh, is one daf. Uh, half of which is the Mishnayot of the Parak, four Mishnayot of the Parak, again grouped together as we've had in the last few Parakim. And the second half is a very brief Gemara, basically focused on the last Mishnah. So if a man uh, issued kinui, and there is testimony of proper stira, and then the proper way to understand this is even if he heard from a bird, meaning if whatever source he heard, that she really is guilty, meaning his, as far as he's concerned, it's what we would call a kimli, uh, he knows that she's guilty, he cannot give her to drink, therefore he has to divorce her, but because she did not have the opportunity uh, to uh, to um, uh, drink the water and therefore clear her name, he does have to give her the ketubah. very Rabbi Eliezer. Rabbi Yeshua Omer, he has a higher bar for what the fellow has to know. Until the women who literally, who uh, spin flax under the moon, in other words, people who are gossiping, until they're talking about her. In other words, one simple voice, like you heard her from a bird, is not enough. But if the women are gossiping about the affair she's involved with, then, indeed, he must divorce her. So the Sota process cannot continue, it is interrupted, and he gives her the Ketubah. Now, This is something that we had back in the first parak. If one witness comes and testifies that she, indeed, committed the infidelity, the process is stopped. Not only that, doesn't have to be a proper witness, it could be a slave, a slave girl. They're not only believed to stop the process and to cause her to be divorced, but also to invalidate her and deprive her from collecting her ketubah. Now, if you recall back in the end of Masachet Yivamot, in the entire discussion, a very lengthy discussion about testimony that a man... Uh, has died for the purposes of allowing his wife to remarry. So there are five women who are not trusted to give this testimony, and they are the man, the uh, woman's mother-in-law, which means it's the mother of the fellow who's supposedly dead, and her her daughter, meaning this woman's sister-in-law, her co-wife, her co-yivama, and her husband's daughter. They all have reasons that they would want to mess this woman up, to have her remarry, even though she's really married, and thus cause her to have to leave both husbands, etc. Nonetheless, these five women, they are believed to say, we saw her commit the infidelity. However, unlike the previous group, including Evan and Shifcha, she cannot deprive them of the Ketubah. They cannot deprive her of the Ketubah. All it does is stop the process. She cannot drink, and as a result of that, she must be divorced. But she does get the Ketubah in that case, because those five women cannot be trusted vis-a-vis the deprivation of the Ketubah. Now, Shahayab Bedin, really, and we still have this at the very beginning of the Masachet, um, really, it is a reasonable thing that things should have gone differently than they are. We just said that one witness of Tuma is enough, but we said, Umay may do Rishona, if the earlier testimony, which is testimony about Stira, Shein Osarta Isur Olam, which does not ban her forever from her husband just until she drinks, and Kampachot Mishnayim cannot work with less than two. 
Edut Acharonash Osarta Isur Olam, so the final testimony, in other words, testimony of Tuma, which does ban her forever, it is a finished piece, and Odim Shalot Kayem Pachot Mishnaim certainly should require two. It's far more serious with far greater consequences and irrevocable consequences. Certainly it should require two. Talmud Lomar, therefore the Torah says, Ve'ed Ein Ba that the Torah testifies that she has no witnesses, meaning, This is another form of the way we understood it at the beginning of the Masachet, that the Torah says, if she is nitma ve'ed einba, meaning any sort of witness she would have would be enough to testify to the infidelity. The fact is, there's nobody who saw it. Now, now flip it backwards and say, that presents us with a kavachomer vis-a-vis edut stira. Uma'im edut if the second edut, meaning edut of Tuma, which bans her forever, can work with only one witness, and, and an invalid witness at that, so the earlier testimony, the testimony of Stira, which does not ban her forever, certainly should work with only one witness. Therefore the Torah says, Now this is not in the context of Sota, it's in the context of Gitten, when the Torah says if a man marries a woman and he, and he doesn't won't like her because he finds an ervat davar and he wants to send her away, and the reason is kimatzam by ervat davar. And in the context of shofti, meaning of the general rules of testimony, that a davar can only work with shnaim edim, that's talking about mamonot, and therefore the context of davar davar, just like the davar in Mamonot explicitly says two. Similarly, the davar in Gitin needs two, which means that any other testimony affecting issues of Ariot require two. However, the Gemara will point out that that is not really the source uh, for us knowing that you need two witnesses for Stira, and we'll clear it up. Now, if one witness comes and says that she is guilty, and the other one says, no, she's not guilty, now the other way he could say that, because you can't testify to an absence of something, the only way that could be is if he said, I was there at the same time you're testifying to, and she was not in the room, or she was alone, or the fellow wasn't with her, or whatever. Or if you have one woman, meaning an invalid witness, there could be a woman, a slave, etc., who says she is guilty, and one says she's not, the process continues, in other words, the witnesses cancel each other out, there are no witnesses, all you have is Kinun Stirat, and she continues and drinks. If one says Nitmate, and two come against her, him or her, and say that she is not guilty, the process continues. But if two testify that she's guilty, and one testifies she's not guilty, then she doesn't drink, the process is finished. All right, our, nearly our entire focus will be on that last bit about the one witness, but we have a little cleanup to do from the Mishnah before that about Davar Davar. The Gemara says, Hi, Davar? In other words, when we say, I would have reasoned via Kalvachomer, that I could use only one witness for stira, therefore it says, what, Davar Davar? That's not the source. Tamulamar Ba. As we saw back in the first parak, Torah says, Eid Ein Ba, and the, the understanding is that that's an exclusive statement. It's only here, in the case of Tuma, that you need only one aid. However, when it comes to Kinui and stira, then you do need two. That's what it should have said. So the answer is, That's indeed the way it should read. 
and it should read Tomalomar Bam Bavalokinvalvastira. And the then the expansion that led us to the end of that statement in the Mishnah is Vituma Baalma Balokinovlostira. In a regular case of Tuma, without Kinu and Stira, without the Sota process, how do we know that one witness is not believed for a regular case of Tuma? Just like it says Davar here in Erva, it says Davar in Mamanot, just like over there, it says Davar, so therefore you need two witnesses to Kiddushin, you need two witnesses to Gitin, you need two witnesses to testify that a woman without the Sota process has committed an indiscretion, etc. Now, again, the last Mishnah talks about one versus one. Now, we said that if one witness comes and says nitmate, and another one comes and says lo nitmate, then the process is not interrupted. The only reason the process is not interrupted is because the second guy contradicted the first guy. But if there were no second fellow to contradict, in other words, just one witness came forward and said, she's guilty, we believe him. What's the source for the idea that we believe one witness? The Tanarabanan. And this is a bright that we've seen several times. Ve'ed einba, b'shnaim hakatuv medaber. When the Torah says, ve'ed einba, meaning in the beginning of the Parshat Sota, if a woman is in seclusion with a man, and nitma'a ve'ed einba v'inonit pasa, what's that mean? V'shnaim hakatuv medaber. Eid einba means there aren't two, there's only one. Atal mer b'shnaim o'inu alabachad, maybe it means there's only, there's not even one. Eid einba, the way you literally read it, there is not a single witness. The Torah in another place, and this is exactly the, the piece that we saw at the beginning of the Masachet, the Torah says in describing the parameters of Eidut, one witness cannot stand up to testify against somebody. Now, the fact that it says Eid and Echad, the word Echad is extra, because Eid is singular. The fact that it's singular, I know it's Echad. Why does the Torah say, add the word Echad, the number? This establishes the model. Anytime you see the word it normally means two. Until the Torah goes out of its way to say one. So the word aid really means a set. Unless it says Echad. So now, what is it, what do we do with Sota? The Torah says, meaning there aren't two, there's one. And what is the next line? Meaning there's one witness to the fact that she was not raped. In other words, she was, uh, she did have relations and they were consensual. Asura, so therefore she's Asura. Meaning, if one witness comes forward and says, I testify that I saw her have relations with the guy and it was not under coercion, then she's Asura and there is no Sota process. Now, if that's the case, in other words, we've now built the argument, built the case, that one witness is believed, if it's subsequent to Kinui and Stira, one witness is believed that she's Tmea, and that's the end of the process. Since you're telling me that Mid'oraita, we believe one witness in this circumstance, in this sequence, how does the other witness come and challenge him and contradict him? Because you got through saying in the Mishnah that if one witness says she's guilty and one witness says she's not, then they cancel each other out and the process continues. What's the famous dictum of Ula about one witness? Anytime the Torah gives credibility to one witness, we regard him as two, meaning a full set. So how does the second guy, who's certainly a lone contradictory witness, cancel out the two, one person, but the Torah gave him credibility, who said she's guilty? 
So how does that work? Ula says our Mishnah should read in the first part of the last Mishnah, if one witness comes and says she's guilty and one witness says she's not guilty, she doesn't drink. The first witness is believed, the second one is disregarded. So Rabbi Yitzchak also read that in the Mishnah. Rabbi Chia maintained our girsa. So Rabbi Chia's position to read the Mishnah the way we read it, that the process continues, has the challenge of Ula, which is that if we're believing the one witness, that gives him credibility like two. And if so, the other witness who comes to contradict him should be ignored. So why does the process continue? So <coughs> we have a simple answer, which is it depends when these two contradictory contradicting witnesses are come. If they come simultaneously, then they knock each other out. But if they come one after the other, which means one comes and says she's guilty, and then we, based on that, we say, okay, the process stops. Then another one comes and says, no, she's not guilty. Then we say, we've already got testimony that she's guilty, and you are ignored. And that solves the problem. Now, the question is, is that going to work? Tanan, in the second half of Mishnah Dalad, we saw eight Omer Nitmeit, Ushnam Rimilo Nitmeit. If one witness says Nitmeit, and two say no, then Hatashota, the process continues. What's the implication? Hachad Vachad Lo Hatashota. So the implication is, if there was one who said Nitmeit, and one who said Lo Nitmeit, then she doesn't drink. In other words, the process is interrupted. That seems to support the gears of Ul and Rabbi Yitzchak, that one versus one cancels the process, interrupts the process. So what's Rabbi Chia going to do? Amalek Rabbi Chia. Rabbi Chia would answer as follows. Look at the last clause in the parak. If two say nitmeit and one says not, then the process is interrupted. What's the implication? The implication is if there was only one saying nitmeit and one saying nitmeit, the process would continue. So, being medayik, reading very carefully from the third and fourth clauses of the fourth Mishnah, you're going to end up with a contradiction anyways, there's no way to solve it. So, the way Rabbi Chia would answer it is that the entire piece of the Mishnah is talking not about men who are proper witnesses coming and testifying, but about psuli edut, whether it's women, whether it's slaves, whoever it might be. Rabbi Nechemia, and it's based on the following ruling of Rabbi Nechemia, the time of Rabbi Nechemia Omer, this is a variation on Ula. Anywhere the Torah gives credibility to one witness, then you don't go by the norm, which is the minute you have two witnesses, that's like 100 witnesses. Two witnesses versus 100, they're equal. You don't say that. When you have a situation where the Torah gives credibility to one witness, that means that we're not working in the normal pattern of testimony, and then you simply follow a majority of voices. Therefore, two women against one man is like two men against one man. In other words, the fact that the Torah allowed, gave credibility to one witness means it's not demanding normal testimony. And therefore, if there are two women who say one thing and one, one man said something else, we don't say, oh, the man has greater credibility. It's like two men against one man. So that's one version of it, which means that at the end of the Mishnah, we're talking about Psula Edut, and therefore, if two said Nitmate and one said Lo Nitmate, we listen to the two. If two said Lo Nitmate and one said Nitmate, we listen to the two, and she continues to drink. That's version one. Ve'ika da'amri, some people limited Rav Nechemir as follows. If the first witness who said Nitmate was a guy, meaning a kosher witness, then even a hundred women coming afterwards are only like one other and don't cancel him out. In other words, from Nechemir's halacha, 
Uh, we'll see in a minute. Rahachamayaskinan, what's the case here? Kagonda Toy Ishameikara. We're talking about a case where a woman came first, and therefore when a woman came first, and then um and then the other two came and said, Lonit mate, then we just go use the majority and say, Okay, the process is now continuing because we don't have testimony that uh, that it's been violated. Now uh, now we have to read Nechemi a little differently. Anytime the Torah gives credibility to one witness, you follow um, a majority of voices there. That's only when they're psulim. So therefore, Notice the difference. Here what they say is two women versus one woman is like two men versus one man. In other words, we follow a majority of voices only vis-a-vis the psuli But if there's one man and two women are come and give contradictory evidence, then we regard them as, as 50-50. Even though there's two women saying, and one woman, man says, then we regard them as equal. Now, if that's the case, then the third and fourth clause in the Mishnah are both talking about psuli where you have two who said, one who said nitmate and two said lo nitmate, we say we continue the process, because we're saying the first one who said nitmate was a woman. And the second, ca- the last case was when two said nitmate and one said lo nitmate, where the first two were women. So, uh, then she doesn't drink. So then the question is, so why do I need two clauses to teach me the same principle out of psuleidut that when I, the first one to come is pasul, I just do a numbers game and follow the majority of voices. So because if I only had the one case, which is the last case, I would think, yeah, I follow rov deot when it's stringent and doesn't allow her to drink. Perhaps, leniently, I will not follow the majority of voices and I will not allow her to drink. Kamash Malan, that if two say lo nitmate and one said nitmate, I allow her to drink and I follow rov, rov deot. Good. Hadran alach uh, We finished uh, the parak that we started a number of minutes ago. The sixth parak, and Mitzvah Shem. In the next uh, podcast, we will begin the final piece of Masachat Sota, which is approximately eighteen daf, in which we will go into issues of mishpatei halashon, not merely mishpatei halashon. But, uh, but issues related to language, and in what language all sorts of different declarations may be made, and the Mishnah that's at the beginning of the seventh parak is going to open up the vista for the rest of the Masachet, which will lead us to discussions about Birchat Kohanim and Brachot, uh, on Hargrizim and Harival, and the Mashuach Lachama, and the Egla Rufa, and all sorts of related discussions. In the meantime, everyone should have a wonderful day.